This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. And what's one way to be happier? Reading. This week, we're having our conversation for the Happier Podcast Book Club. We'll talk about the brilliant memoir, I Am, with the legendary Isaac Mizrahi. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who loves this book as much as I do. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I have to tell you, I've seen every episode of Project Runway (laughs) All-Stars that Isaac um, was a judge on. So I'm very um, interested to talk to him. Yes. But before we jump into our conversation with Isaac, a few updates. Uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving here in the United States. It's also our father's birthday. So it's a, it's always fun when his birthday actually falls on Thanksgiving, which yes, doesn't happen that often. Happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Dad. And holiday season is coming close. That means that many of us are looking for gift ideas. Yes. So we wanted to remind you all about the Gift of Podcast, which you can get at giftofpodcast.com. It's free. It's a certificate that you download and print out and fill in for someone you love to tell them about a podcast you think that they would enjoy. And another freebie is book plates. I will post a link in the show notes to 249 for where you can get that, or you can go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources, and you can request a personalized signed book plate if you are giving something of mine as a gift. Um, But do that quickly because I can be kind of slow. So if you want personalized book plates, please do ask for them soon. And then, Gretch, we have to remind everybody, since it's the holiday season, about our merch. Yay! Merchandise! (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally. Uh, yes, go to GretchenRubin.com slash merch. That's M-E-R-C-H. We got we got T-shirts. We got tote bags. We got mugs. Elizabeth is very focused on mugs. She's a big oh, fan yeah. of mugs. Um, it's all there. Um, you can, if you've got an obliger in your life who wants an obliger T-shirt, now we have that. We have many options for you. So check it out. Gretch, everyone in our family will definitely <laughs> be receiving happier merch for Christmas. <laughs> yes, it will be in their stockings. And now... It's time to talk to Isaac Mizrahi. This year, we launched our Happier Podcast Book Club, and today we will talk about our most recent pick, which is the absolutely brilliant and thought-provoking memoir, I Am, by the icon, Isaac Mizrahi. 
And if you don't know that much about Isaac Mizrahi, there is a lot to know. He's an American fashion designer, TV presenter, and chief designer of the Isaac Mizrahi brand for Excel Brands. He's based here in New York City. You'll also know Isaac, as I said, if you're a fan of Project (laughs) Runway All-Stars, the fashion competition show on Bravo. Yeah. You may have also seen the 1995 documentary Unzipped, which follows him as he plans and shows his fall 1994 collection. Uh, This is super fun. There's all these cameos by celebrities like Richard Gere and Anna Wintour, Stephen Sondheim, Mara Kalman, Sundar Bernhardt, Andre Leontali, Liza Minnelli, Richard Avedon, Faye Dunaway. Plus all the supermodels. (laughs) And Isaac Mizrahi has had his own interview show on TV. He's been a costume designer for three Broadway shows. He performs cabaret shows. He did designer band-aids with Johnson & Johnson, which he didn't even mention in the book. This is like drive-by project for Isaac Mizrahi. He has done everything. (laughs) He is an icon, and now he has written an absolutely striking, memorable. Beautiful memoir. Beautiful memoir. And please note, there will be a little bit of cursing in this discussion. (laughs) (laughs) We are so pleased to have Isaac here in the studio with me in New York City. So, Isaac, hello. Hi, how are you? It's it's great to meet you. It's so great to have you here in the studio in real life. I know, right? (laughs) It's amazing when you actually have people in front of you these days. Yeah, (laughs) not on the screen. Yes, 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 or on Twitter. Uh, Right, And one person in your ear. Yeah, that's right. All right, there you go. Yes, one person in your ear. Well, Isaac, we want to start with the actual physical book because we love the brilliant title, which we were so struck (laughs) by. It's as if your mother knew you were going to (laughs) be titling your memoir when she named you. (laughs) Yes. I think, you know, one of the reasons that the book resonates so much is that you have done so many exceptional things. And at the same time, what you've gone through is a very common and familiar story where you left your family's community to go into a bigger world, and yet you wanted to stay connected to home as well. And that's hard because sometimes maybe it's just hard to make a break and and just say, you know, I'm over it. Um, Mm -hmm. But you were trying to maintain those ties. And the Syrian Jewish Sephardic community had a lot of expectations of you. Yeah, And that seemed... You wrote very beautifully about the tension. Well, thank you. I mean, you say I wanted to keep a kind of a tie to home. And the answer to that is I didn't want to. I don't exactly know what made me keep my ties to Uh my family. But I felt Mm. somehow, I think maybe it's our like collective, the conditioning, right, of the world, right? So you're always supposed to want to be involved with your family, right? I don't necessarily have that much in common with them, yes. especially anymore. You right. know, they've become mm-hmm. extremely religious and I've become completely atheistic, you know. Um, my mother and I have a bond and and that's what really is it's about. That's what it's about. I still love my mother. And when I say love, I should probably like, you know, use air quotes. Love is mm-hmm. a big word, but I do love her, you know. Yeah. And, and she drives me insane. The other day I had breakfast with her and she continued, you know, oh, she said, for instance, she said, Oh, I saw you on QVC last night. You were wearing a suit. Why don't you wear more suits? You look so great in a suit. You know, I guess she likes me in suits, but that makes me never want to wear a suit again. Oh. You know? Ah. And it was like, oh, I could kill you. Really? Ah. Like, that's what you have to say to me? And then, of course, as I was leaving, I looked back and I was like, 
I love her. You know? Right, right, yeah. right. Yes. Well, I love that scene when you were at your 30th birthday and, and it was like, there was your mother sitting next to Anna Winter, filling her oh, full of tales. And you're like, oh my gosh, oh, I don't know what God. my mom is saying. Exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> we've all, we've all been there. We've all been there. And Isaac, I love how your mom took you to the original Lowman's because yes. our yes, mother always did. took us to Lowman's in Kansas City, Missouri. And I feel like, oh, that's where the designer was born. He was at the back of Lowman's. Oh, and knowing yeah. the labels. Reading the scraps, knowing the, my mother, knowing the color of our the mother label. knew. Yeah. Of course she knew. Well, and another thing um, that struck uh, both of us as we were reading it, um, and we wondered how deliberate this was, is that you paint such a, a, a vivid picture of like Flatbush Avenue, High School of the Performing Arts, Rockefeller Center, going to the Met, walking yeah. around the galleries. Did you think about like, I really want to paint a portrait of New York City, or did that just come out because this is the world you live in? Honestly. Like, you know, I that phrase, oh, you know, New York City is a character in the book or I, something. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but, I know, I know. But <laughs> I couldn't stop, I, I couldn't stop myself. Yes. And, you know, last night, just by chance, Rosemary's Baby was oh. on Showtime Okay, something. that is a New York City. And you look mm. at that and you see New York City yes. and he captured that. And really, New York City is a character in that movie, you yeah. know? And I was thinking, I was thinking, like, how funny, you know, my book, I hope, yeah. right? Like, just, this, just the locations, right? Yes. Joe Allen and yeah. Rockefeller Center, like yeah. you said, and some of the theaters, it's and Going through true. the book Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, right, and and coming out into this crazy light of yeah. the city, yeah, absolutely. So you did that. You sort yeah. of couldn't help yourself. I couldn't help myself, and I do remember the one story about trying to describe the decrepitude of the 1970s, yes. of New York in the 1970s when I was really growing up, mm. going to performing arts high school every yeah. day on the subway, and the. Yes. The, 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 the squalor of it. And I use the word squalor and the editor who's younger than me, like, you know, question mark. Yeah. Her, <laughs> right, like, You're like red arrow question mark. <laughs> yeah. Squalor? Really? Do you want to use this word? And I'm like, uh, yeah, if there was a more squalid word than squalor, I would use it. No. Yeah. Seriously, I used to step over people on the subway, oh. step over step oh. over pools Elizabeth, of blood. Elizabeth, where was it that you lived uh, back in, when you, had, oh, she lived, in, it had a hole in the bathroom. There was yeah. Oh, she. You. It was hard to get in and out of her apartment, and she was thrilled to be there. We thought this was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. Of course. Of course. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And you know, I have to say, like, I, I wonder if you've had this thought. You live in New York now, yeah, I guess, yeah, for a very yeah. long time, yeah. as we do. And Elizabeth lived there for many years right. before she moved. And 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 the thing is, as it ages and it gets more and more gentrified and safer and more beautiful and less kind of contrasty, right? Yeah. Because that I talk about that in the book too, about how it used to be like this terrible, squalid, you know, where people were just squatting, and then next mm. door was this gorgeous new construction, and just the juxtaposition of that was very yeah. inspiring. But now there isn't too much of that juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. Like even, you know, even like, you know, Port Authority isn't dangerous. <laughs> you know, now Port Authority is safe, right? Yeah. Right. Um, but what I was going to say is yeah, that Penn Station you know, has been better. <laughs> right. We talk about how it was more interesting when it wasn't as safe and when uh, it was more of a contrast. But it still is kind of the only place to live. I mean that. Like, I think about other places to live and I, I can't really think of one. Can you think of one place that's better to live than New York? Well, Elizabeth has she went through a long, painful <laughs> period of adjusting to Los Angeles, right? But Los she's Angeles, crossed over. Yeah, no, I've right. really Los Angeles LA. is great and really fun to visit, <laughs> but I'm not sure I could live there. You know, <laughs> Paris, 
I will say whenever I land in New York, I feel like a, a deep pangs of like, right. what did I do with my right. life? Why did I I mean, I'm sorry. So that's understand. just what happens. Yes. Coming up, we'll ask Isaac to read one of our favorite passages from I Am. But first is break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. And we're back with Isaac. So we talk a lot about the idea of the power of reframing and how a lot of times you can change the way you think of something and it can really profoundly affect your happiness and sort of your, what your sense of your possibilities. Mm -hmm. And in here, there's this moment where you have a moment of very profound reframing. So you have just had your terrifying meeting at Chanel yeah, headquarters. Right. So you've partnered with Chanel, very optimistic. Now yeah. things aren't going Ten so great. 10 years later. Yeah. yeah. And they come in and they're like, you go in and they're like, you're losing too much money. Yeah. And um, when you get home, you talk to a friend about your fear of letting go. Right. And if you would just read this passage, I marked okay. it. From the or, bottom at Tibor. I confessed everything to Tibor that night, including my deepest fears about letting go, about having looked up to people like Jeffrey Bean, George Balanchine, Stephen Sondheim, even my best friend Mark Morris, people who are masters of their crafts, and the delusions I had about becoming a master myself. I realized at that moment that designing clothes forever was not in the cards for me. So many great artists 
reach a pinnacle in their achievements and spend the rest of their days building on those ideas, masterfully making work that refers back to those original genius ideas. Especially in fashion, that is what you do. But it wasn't just new fabrics, new clothing I sought. It was a whole different world. Sitting there in the lobby talking to Tibor was better than any therapy session. Listening to myself talk, I started letting the idea of mastery slip away in favor of artistic peace of mind. And that just seemed like such a profound moment of just a reconception of your whole sense of possibility. You know, uh, can I just say this? Like, yeah. that was probably the most difficult thing <gasps> for me that in the entire book to, like, frame properly ah. and to speak about. And I can't believe that you picked it out because people oh. pick out stuff about my dad dying and about Lomans and about all this other stuff. Hmm. But that is really the gist of the book. It really is what ah. hopefully I, I meant to say with the book. Oh, you know? because Elizabeth and I both honed in on wow, it. Wow, right you girls, away. man. You <laughs> girls, you girls. That is, I'm uh. so happy because, you know, like, I, I didn't exactly know the right nice-ish way to say that. You know, it's like, I talk about this a lot. I bore very easily, uh. you know. And, um, and, and, and if I feel like I, I feel very trapped by the same, same, same thing every single day. And after, you know, f a really long time of doing the same thing and thinking that I was just a fuck up for not being able to do more, you right. know, after 15 years, like Stephen Sondheim, like right. Mark Morris, you know, um, people who have been in my life, actually both of those people, right? Um, I felt like the biggest fuck up in the world. And then all of a sudden I thought, well, it doesn't matter because right. this is not the life that's going to make you happy. Mm. You'll be miserable, you know? And so I was able to, and you know, I have to say, like, living in the community when I was a kid, I looked at it and I said, you know, I could stay here and make everybody happy and be mm. a really good son and maybe marry a woman or something and live under that whole thing. And then I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. I'm not going to be that happy doing that. And then, of course, being at performing arts high school really helped me get perspective and go right. move on, right? So that was another kind of point in my life at which I thought, you know, I could probably do this, right. but that's not going to be the right life. You know, I'll be, I'll be a mangled mess if I continue <laughs> doing this, right? And that's also what I thought about in being a designer, you know, that kind of designer who did couture shows, right? I would just mangle and mangle and mangle and mangle and get tighter and tighter and tighter, as opposed to like letting go and, do some, and doing something maybe marvelous, I was just so struck, Isaac, how you really wanted to be a performer. I mean, that felt like sort of where you started, and then being a designer was almost um, your fallback position. Yeah. So when you got to this point, it felt like you were accepting that, yes. oh, I want to do a cabaret show. Yes. I want to do other things. And mm -hmm. that felt like you, and being, I mean, you're so amazing on television. I mean, just, Thank you. you know. Incredible. I've seen every episode of Project Runway thank All Stars. You. Oh, thank you, thank you. Wow. Um, and so it feels like as great of a designer as you are, your true calling was to perform. Yes, that's no, no, that's not a joke. But and wait, and can I just interrupt to sure. read your own words back to you? Because this was a very poignant moment for me. So you were in, I think this was when you were still in high school, and you said, I had the idea that only beautiful people could dream of things like starring in movies, and I could only imagine a lifetime of rejection ahead. I told myself I'd be happy with any nearness to show business at all, even if it meant making costumes or dresses like this one for movie stars like Diane Lane. Mm -hmm. I went into the dressing room at Alexander's that day and left behind not only my scarf, 
but also my dearest dreams. But then you came back to it. You brought yes, it I back. Yes, I did. You know, years I can't later. believe you picked that out too, because that was another <laughs> story that was really you, you know captured it. I mean, you know, seeing Diane Lane at yes, fourteen and gorgeous. they dyed her hair and her eyelashes were curled and her skin. You know, it's like they groomed her for stardom. And you looked at her and you said, you know what? She's gorgeous. That's a movie star. And then right. you look at yourself and you think, yeah, this is not a movie star, right? Yeah. And um, and so, like, it was this kind of chickening out or something, you know, uh, thinking, I will never get roles, like even character roles, which is, I don't know what makes you think that, but you do, right? And where would, where would I don't know, uh, John Goodman be if he had those? You know okay, what I can mean? I just say, I went right. to college with Paul Giamatti, and even right. then he really, he was in my class and he really wanted to be an actor. And I remember saying to somebody, like, Man, you know, I yeah. feel so sorry for the guy because, like, how's that going to work out for him? It's like, okay, pretty well. Yeah, yeah it so, works out. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> I was, like, more kind of, I don't know, self-loathing or something than Paul Giamatti. Like, yeah. I didn't really think it could ever work out. And so I, I didn't. I chickened out and went into, like, the fashion business, like, thinking it was a kinder, gentle. I mean, you know, that's a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'll go into a, like an easier <laughs> yeah, business. Yeah, there's no yeah. safe there's choice. There's no safe choice. No. No, no. But so, but then you did come back to the performing. And yeah, I did come back to the performing. And I have to say like a lot of times I think, wow, I really made like every mistake in the book. I should have, I should have really started out as a performer and really kind of stuck to those guns. You know, I didn't love the idea of, um, being on the road a lot and being in strange mm. dressing rooms and strange hotels and stuff. I don't know why. I love that idea now. Now I'm like all about mm. that. But when I was a kid, you know, I guess it was like this weird kind of perspective that I had on my body. And, you know, I didn't think I was, I didn't think I would, I don't think I was made for that sort of life, you know? Mm. And now I'm so ready for it. Um, I'm so ready for it. And, 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 and I think, what if I had started when I was, you know, 15 and gone on auditions mm. and really what could have happened to me? And, you know, maybe something wonderful, but something wonderful did happen and it informed who I am and it gave me this kind of crazy story, right? Right. And it also gave me a great work ethic. I mean, it gave me a lot yes. of things, you know? And also, I'm not a bad designer. I wasn't bad at it all those years, you know? So, but really now I feel, I think less bored or something than other people. Mm. How's that? I feel less bored mm. than other people now at my age. Because it's still sort of exciting and new and challenging. Yeah, it's yes. not something that's like the old, like, get up here and do it again. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's like no matter how brilliant somebody is at something, right, you go like that's what they're – that's all they get to do. And they have to do it again, you know. And then, Isaac, you have in the book all these, um, you talk a lot about your anxiety and self-doubt, as mm -hmm. you just mentioned. Yeah. And yet, it seems like at key moments in your life, you have this absolute clarity to move forward. Um, Gretchen and I both just rewatched Unzipped, <laughs> which is so great. And you were so clear about the scrim. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. everybody was fighting you about the scrim. <laughs> and then it was just, once we saw it, it was so obviously genius. Yeah. And everybody loved the scrim. And how do you, because I think this is something we all struggle with, how do you like maintain that level of clarity when so many people are pushing against you? It's hard, I have to say, especially in show business, because, you know, as a fashion designer, you have a kind of autonomy. If you have the right situation, at the, at the time I did, you know, Chanel just kind of 
they were just my backers. Mm-hmm. You know, try as they did to sort of give me advice or, 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 or help or something like that. They never really did. It was really just funding, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there I was. And I thought, yes, this is going to happen. And even if you all think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. I don't care because this has this is the vision for it. And I can't live without fulfilling this, right? Um but, you know, now that I'm, tr- I'm trying to, like, you know, sell shows and I'm trying to get gigs and stuff, and it is kind of like a collaboration with mm-hmm. different executives and different producers. Oh, Elizabeth knows about executives yes. and their notes. Yes. I'm a television well, writer. Darling, so. Right. <laughs> you know, and I had, I did have a TV show for seven years. Yes. And you do have to yep. collaborate. Um, and so it is less difficult to to be to have that kind of clarity when you're in that position of just this crazy autonomy and then i have to tell you what taught me a good deal about collaboration was when i worked with target you know ah, the first time yeah. i worked with target cuz nobody knew what the hell to expect with that right nobody knew and um Target. Target. Yeah, but this was like before you Target. Were, you were what made Target well, Target, right? Maybe. You were one of the you know um, just yeah. maybe Right, uh-huh. um, Gretchen. But the thing is, um, but you know, like in those meetings, I had to listen, and it scared me a lot. You know, it was mm. like one of the first times I actually had to listen to something. You know, even when I worked on my one-man show, that was really autonomous. I mean, I picked the music, I picked the musical director, I picked the director, I told everybody what it was going to be, I designed the set. You know, I was the one person in it. You know, the talk show too was, but then. You know, later there were notes and later when it was developing and becoming more and more successful, there were like things you had to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But with Target, there was so – it was so fun and pleasant and they were so funny. Like they were crazy funny people who didn't know what the hell I was talking about half the time. (laughs) And I didn't really know what they were talking about half the time. But it was interesting to listen and – and I thought, well, you know, I have nothing to lose. This is Target. What does anyone expect for $25, yeah. you know? And then it worked. You know, it really, really worked. And so that was a that was a lesson. The book is a lot about that, right? Like yeah. learning, learning optimism, you know? That's mm-hmm. what the book is about, I think. Like, because there are so many kids who come from these bad kind of backgrounds and they and they're gay and they're outsiders and they're not as resilient, yeah, right. And the, and and I hope that maybe, like the the the, the thought of this out there in the world will help. You know, right? I mean it. I right. Mean right. Well, it's interesting. So you took the Four Tendencies quiz, and you, it did. said that you're an upholder. Now I wonder if you are actually maybe a rebel who seems like an upholder because I'm getting a strong, but you think you're an upholder. I don't know what I am. I just answered the questions and some of them were like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll just say that, by the way. Um, Now, wait. I wonder because of Am I not supposed to be an upholder? No, 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 no. no, It's interesting. Well, one of the things is you say that you don't like every day to be the same, like a lot of times, but then you say like the whole, I don't know. I think you could be an upholder because I think in a way an upholder, so upholders readily meet inner and outer expectations. Mm -hmm. Because there were such intense outer expectations on you, yeah. And it, but it, that, and, and you talk about resilience. That is something that upholders, because they're like, I have to do what I have to do, and I'm yeah. sorry, but mm-hmm. I just that's how and I, then I am, can execute. Always. I can execute even if it's drudgery and it's really, really hard. A lot of times, an upholder can like cling to their own but, way. But the questions never they didn't uh, they didn't appear to kind of pose. 
you know, one's will against other will. It was always about, like, do you do this? Yes. And the answer is yes, I do it always. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, let's take a break quickly, and then when we come back, we have some questions from our listeners. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to nonstick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. So Isaac, our listener, uh, Mary Joan, asked, she said, I'd like to know why Isaac didn't include any mention of Project Runway in the book, since that is how so many people recognize him. You know, partially I didn't include the Project Runway thing because I didn't, I felt like I was an interloper in the Project Runway world. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. on the original Project Runway. I was on the Project Runway All-Stars So somehow the whole like all-star thing about it was like, oh, you know, and also it didn't really matter that much in my life. You know, I mean that it was like, oh, I'll show up and I'll try Mm -hmm. to help these, these younger designers or these, you know, less experienced designers, but it doesn't matter to me anymore. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you really want to know how I feel about that dress? I'm not sure why you care, right? Because my opinion at that point was so irrelevant, I think, you know? Mm. I mean, I just have good taste, but I don't know what lengths of work anymore or, you know, what the theme of the season was. I don't know, you know? But weirdly, I seemed to know even more than some of those kids who were like, you know, competing and they were supposed to know. And I'd be like, wait, are you still showing that old boring shoe? Right. You know, because Uh I don't study it, but I know that that shoe is wrong, you know. Or are you still showing those ugly colors? Because that's not right anymore. And I like you, but don't don't do that anymore. That was all, you know. Um, And so it didn't really matter that much to me. Is that like too radical a thing to say? No, no, maybe it just was uncomplicated. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. 
It's a job you showed it was a up job. and did, and I you're showed great up. at it. Exactly. It was more like about like hair and makeup and clothes and wardrobe mm-hmm. for me than it was about like you know yeah right. Um, well, speaking of color, like I'm obsessed with color. And somebody said, oh, given my, your obsession, Gretchen, what does Isaac have to say about color? So uh, thoughts? Well, I mean, color. I think it's one of the most important things in my life. And, you know, like when I first started, I did a lot of color. Yeah. By color, I mean like bright pink and bright orange yes. and bright colors. And um, and it was sort of annoying that people after that were like, well, where's all the color? And I was like, well, uh, you know, I wasn't feeling that this time. And by the right. way, gray is a color. Did you yeah. not realize that <laughs> yeah. blue, navy blue is a color? Hello, right? Um, no, but I was always like so annoyed. And people that work with me were like, well, you better do some color because if you don't do color, you're not going to get a good review. You know, it's like, really? Are you kidding? Because I did it like three or four times in a row. Like, right. doesn't it make sense that I'm bored and I'm just doing this now, right? Right. Um, but I guess they really expected it from me. And it's funny how all these years later, it is an issue. You know, like, I think I have this thing called synesthesia. Oh, you really? I think I may have it because I haven't read enough about it, you know, to really know. But I do see colors, like, a lot, you know, in my dreams, you know, when I hear music especially. Music makes me see color. Like, that's what I love about music is that I, even when my eyes are open, I can see color. Now, do you always have the same associations? Like, if you listen to a song? No. This, no, okay. No, oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. You mean like, like if I if listen, listen to Schubert, I usually see like purple. But, and then if you lilac. listen to the same, mm-hmm. yeah, you went to the yes. same concert two years, would oh, you see the same thing? I don't know because I've oh, never it, been to the same ooh, concert oh, two years. interesting. <laughs> the Rockettes, but I don't <laughs> right. see, you know, like the Rockettes are so, like I do <laughs> yeah. that almost every year. Yeah, you know, yeah red, I really white, like, and green. I, yeah. like, I like synchronized dancing, yeah. Okay. But but like I, I, I go to shows sometimes and I think, oh God, boy, did they get the palette wrong? Ooh, I can I can barely watch this show. Yeah. It makes me crazy like I still start thinking like if only I just close my eyes and listen or something because I can't watch the travesty of color that is going on on stage. Yeah. Because it's such a mismatch. Such a mismatch. Yes. Yes. So for Um, you, the color is so, like the choices are so clear. Yeah. Like that show was so good. It's called, I forgot what it's called. It's about Orpheus and Eurydice and uh, and Hades, etc., And it's called, it's a Broadway show. It's like an adaptation of that idea. And it was great. But the color, oh, the palette of the costumes and the palette of the set, it was so wrong, you know. And it was painful to watch because of that. Right. And yet it was great in every other way. Hadestown, that's the name of it, okay. Hadestown. Oh, right, right, of course, of course. except for the palette of the colors. Sorry. Uh, that's how I, that's what I <laughs> Well, okay. That's, the, I, I love impassioned <laughs> I just had to think of, of color. That, yeah. Yes. You know, I, I can think of a lot of examples, but that was the most recent that I loved except for the colors. Yeah. And Sandra asks, I, she has kind of a couple of questions, so you can just answer the one that's most interesting to you. I would love to know who he has his eye on in the fashion industry. I was obsessed with his shows on Oxygen and Style Network and would love to know how he would feel about hosting a show again or possibly a podcast. You know, I don't know enough about fashion or follow it that closely to say who I have my eye on. There's one designer called John Rogers, I think his name is. He has three names. I can never remember his name, but I follow him on Instagram. And I really like some of the things he, some of the ideas, you know. Ah. And he's still coming along. He's still developing. I forgot his name. John something Rogers. John. We'll look it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and, And I think he has a good sense, you know. Every once in a while I notice something and it's his, you know. Do you use Instagram? 
I do use Instagram. It's true. I like it a lot. You yeah. do. I am Isaac Mizrahi. Please follow me. Oh, I will. Of yes. course. Yes. But how? Wait. How did I not? And, and if this you is like me, we I'll all follow sh- you back. Okay. Well, and Alyssa too. We. Um, I. This is, should be our first impulse at all times. And I. You um, know. And for all the hatred that I have of social media, I also really find it extremely interesting. You know. Oh, Christopher John Roberts. Oh, okay. That's his name. Christopher John Roberts. Okay. I like him. And as far as podcasts are concerned, I think I I mean I would like to have a podcast. I would like to do a show. You Absolutely. should have a podcast. 100%. You're right. You're one hundred percent right. Yes. No, for sure. I yeah, agree with it's you. it's performing and you don't have to worry about how you look. So well, exactly. Great. It's like what they this say you have a face for radio. Except you yeah. look so presentable. Well, because for you, Isaac, I like put on uh, makeup. Yeah, oh, yeah. Listen, oh, oh. usually we, I wear athleisure at all times. So <laughs> if I'm wearing say, actual shoes, you're wearing it's a like, little cashmere sweater, a chain. <laughs> yeah. It looks really good. Your hair as well. It's really colored. Perfect. This is my actual color. It's beautiful. Okay, yes. Yeah, so like the- I would bring you to a salon and make them color my oh, hair. Oh, good. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be like the test, the test. Um, now, we always ask um, a guest, do you have a try this at home tip, like something that people can do to make themselves happier, or healthier, or more productive or more creative, like something that you do in your own life to, to make yourself happier um, that you think well, other people could try? I will tell you what keeps me personally, like not necessarily happy, but buoyant, you mm. know, um, mm. being an insomniac, right? Oh, and you I, write about, you you write about terrible this. Problem. Terrible problem. And yet, like, I wouldn't have it any other way all these ah, years later. Mm. It's funny, and I hope you got that from the book. It's yeah. like, now I love it, right? But the point is that when I was a kid, it was scary, and the only thing that I had was the television set, and it was on, and then there's this horrible thing that used to happen, which was like television stations would go dead yes. for like two yes. hours, like from four in the morning till six Ooh, in the morning. The it was creepy, really creepy scary. static. But hopefully, like, I would be in a good place by the time it was gone, you know, by the time the stations would go. But it was the television that kind of kept me from, you know, being sad. At that time, it was always on, like in the background. Right. And so now, um, you know, I keep the TV on all the time. Even when I'm reading, ah. it's on mute. Ah. And I'm looking, I'm mm-hmm. not looking at it, but the little, I don't know what it is about the light of the television set and the weird little noise of the television set. And, you know, since Donald Trump has been elected, I can't really watch as much broadcast television because Somehow he is like always, and there's his face, and it just makes me want to kill myself, right? So I watch mm-hmm. a lot of Food Network and a mm-hmm. lot of like Golden Girl, like repeat blocks on yeah. Hallmark, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. And by the way, Hallmark is only showing Christmas movies now, so it's horrible because there's no Golden Go- Girls block <laughs> from 10 to like 4 in the morning. Right. Just, yeah. And so you just like sort of the company of it, just kind yeah. of the way sometimes people like to have a fire going. It kind of is right. this sort of flickering, this it feels flickering, like a life. It feels like there are other people in the world mm-hmm. watching. And, and and it can't be – it has to be like broadcast television. It can't be – you know, if Food Network is fine. Right. But it can't be like um, Apple TV or something whereby you're the only person watching it at that oh. moment. Oh, fascinating. No, it has to be like so – peop- It's the community yes. It's the community thing oh, of having the like, TV. Like there's other people yes. watching oh. this or they have it on and they're watching. Oh. And they're also considering Ginsu knives or whatever else we're considering. Yes. Oh, yeah. so Funny. that it's the live experience yeah. yes. of it. It's the not community. exactly live. No, no, no. It's the yeah. – yeah. It's the right. community – thing of like tuning in, you know? Really yeah. being the beamed out, the same thing yes. as being beamed to all of us. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And of course I watch Apple TV and of course I watch Netflix and of course I watch it, but at four o'clock in the morning, it's important that it be like on, you know? 
Because Even if, if it's TCM, which, yeah. by the way, TCM is the greatest thing in the world, right? There's nothing better than Turner Classic movies. But so for you, it's kind of like when you were young and scared and felt like alone and like you're the only person awake in the whole universe. Right. It's like, no, there are other people awake. And right. how do we know they're awake? Because they're being broadcast That's to. right. And if somebody's going to see this ad, it's because other people are awake somewhere That's in the right. world. And even when it went down, which was creepy, I knew there were other people out there going like, oh, shit, what am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah, I mean right. it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, Thank you so much, Isaac. Is that all? I know. Oh, my God. Did I we... want to stay for the rest of the day. Oh, you can come <laughs> hang out with us okay. anytime. All right, I'll, be, I'll be here tomorrow at the same time. <laughs> we'll just keep <laughs> reading passages of your book. Yeah. Wonderful. This is such a delight. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, Isaac. Now, we've had our conversation with Isaac, but we would still love to hear your impressions and reflections on this terrific memoir, I Am. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 249 for everything related to this episode. And remember, whenever it is and wherever you are, there's always a book waiting for you. And that's it for this episode of Happier. We hope you love the book and being part of the book club discussion. Soon we will announce our next choice. Thank you to our wonderful guest, Isaac Mizrahi. We so appreciate him joining us in the studio and talking to us about his amazing memoir, I Am. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend or give it to your friend as the gift of podcast. Go to giftofpodcast.com and you can make a little certificate where you give them the happier podcast um, for the holidays. The resource for this week, my four tendencies video course is now available inside the Better app. We've combined the video lessons and the community to make it easier for people to share and ask questions and learn from each other. You can download the free app in your app store um, by searching Better Gretchen Rubin in the app store and then picking courses to learn more and register. And if you want to give the courses a gift, email course at GretchenRubin.com. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Croft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretch, I was curious the whole time. What was Isaac wearing? <laughs> I, I, I took a picture. I'll send it to you. Okay, make sure to post it oh, too. People yeah, yeah, yeah. curious. Yeah, yeah. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. 
You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.